economists are divided as to whether we're at the peak of the interest rate cycle or not, with some pointing to the drop in inflation as evidence that there's no need for further interest rate hikes. If we're at the peak of the interest rate cycle, this obviously has implications for investment assets. Raising or lowering interest rates is about the only tool the central banks have to manage what is called demand-side inflation. But countries like South Africa have a supply-side inflation challenge, something that's difficult to manage using the blunt tool of interest rates. Well, to help us make sense of this, we're joined by Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth. Hi, Adrian. People understand inflation as a general concept because they see it in the rising cost of their grocery bills. But there's a bit more to this, isn't there? And when we start looking at demand and supply-side inflation, there's a lot of confusion about the concept. So maybe just unpack that for us and explain what it is. Hi, Kieran, and thank you for for the opportunity to have a chat about it. I think it's a a very interesting topic because it is so topical at the moment. Um, Interest rate hikes have been particularly painful for most consumers uh, around the globe as we've been trying to deal with higher levels of prices around the globe. But in short, when we think about uh, demand-side inflation, this typically speaks to the level of health in the broader economy. So typically what you see when you find demand-side inflation, it's an environment that's doing really well, very low levels of uh, unemployment, very low levels of poverty, and from that, a lot of consumer spending, and from that higher demand, it's driving up prices. If you look at supply-side inflation, it's completely different set of things that that impact you there. So typically what happens is there isn't sufficient supply of a specific good to keep up with the demand which means that prices um, rise on the back of that. So good examples would be uh, during the COVID period, for example, um, when there's a lot of constraint on on energy, similar what we saw now uh, through the Ukraine-Russia uh, tensions as well, constrained energy supply. And those things tend to drive our prices higher, um, but has very little to do with um, the demand side of things. Um, so, so just to, to to clearly understand what we say when we when we talk about demand side and, and supply side um, inflation. So, when you experience the supply side inflation, typically what happens if you think a more practical example of South Africa, we've had now uh, higher energy prices on the back of the the, the Russia Ukraine tensions. And in addition to that, the very painful period of load shedding. So what businesses are doing is they investing in things like solar, they're investing in things like generators and spending a lot of money on, on diesel. Now, ultimately, that additional input cost needs to go through to somewhere. It needs to go into a higher price. Otherwise, the retailer is not making money from putting the product on the shelf. But ultimately, that higher price had absolutely nothing to do with the consumer that's in a good space and driving up prices higher. In fact, what we see in South Africa is a consumer that's under significant strain still. It sounds like the supply side inflation is unavoidable if we're talking about load shedding and factors like that that are forcing producers to push up prices. So hiking interest rates is going to have little impact on that. So why is that? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, increasing rates is a strategy for influencing demand, not so much supply. And what what monetary policy does or interest rate hikes does is it takes money effectively out of the economic system and tries to put a damper on the economic growth so that it isn't accelerating to the extent that it that it's perceived to, to be um, accelerating at. 
but the supply side inflation requires manipulation of the supply and that can be a lot more difficult so in south africa we are seemingly trying to dampen the demand with interest rates but the consumer is under pressure demand is low in fact consumer spending hasn't recovered to pre covid levels yet at the same time consumer and business confidence is where it was during the covid period so very very low and yet interest rates are at 14 year highs so you can manage inflation by hiking rates as we have now successfully done if we can see the inflation numbers are down interest rates are high so it looks like we we're doing a good job but the question to ask is um you know at what cost the consumer is suffering um he's paying the price for ultimately which is mismanagement on on the supply side of things so there must be other things that you can typically do to manage that on the supply side as to just defaulting always to monetary policy or interest rates right so what can you do when you you're confronted with the supply side inflation are there tools available to the policymakers Yes, there's definitely tools that can be utilized, and and I think this is the component that's often overlooked. The Monetary Policy Committee through the Reserve Bank follows a very strict mandate through looking at the inflation number and reacting if inflation is too high and increasing rates. But if you can look at it more holistically and understanding that what are the key factors that are driving this inflation number higher, and if it's on the supply side, then maybe dealing with it. differently and that's where it comes into the supply side measures as as what you you're asking for now and those things can typically be first and foremost probably just better regulations so a good example of this was the loosening of the regulations around the the independent power producers and and what they can do to bring more alternative power online the initial plans um was so restrictive in terms of onboarding new supply of electricity it didn't really make for a smooth mechanism to combat the lack of supply um in reaction to to load shedding but those regulations have now been amended and the application process is now a bit easier which means we can bring more alternative energy supply online um ultimately ending with a, a much more diversified um energy mix and therefore also more stable prices so a good example of how the regulations can can help but then on the fiscal side there's also things that you can do potentially using taxes or or subsidies or levies those kind of mechanisms that you can implement to try and limit prices from that side we've seen that fiscal policy and regulations they are slow to change and then you got challenges like government corruption in light of that Is it realistic to combat supply side inflation with just fiscal policy and regulatory reforms? Well, I think if you look at an example abroad, um the UK during the period 2007 to roughly 2012 experienced higher levels of inflation, but yet the Bank of England didn't want to react with um with interest rates because they recognized that the problem was on the supply side. and that period was during that global financial crisis period so interest rates really wasn't the default mechanism it the economy was already under strain so what they did in in that scenario was to to leave interest rates alone and ultimately the supply side issues um were resolved and prices did come down and that period was meaningful inflation for according to developed market standards so inflation blew up from 2% to 5% on two different occasions and and they decided to to not use um monetary policy in 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 that type of of setting but a bit closer to home 
I think the the IPP example is a good example that you know you can effectively introduce regulations to to reduce cost. I think we still to see the benefit or the full benefit of that on the prices side um, as we bring more supply online. But it is a mechanism that can be introduced. The thing is, you need to be thinking a lot longer term. You can't just be managing prevailing inflation. You need to have a long term look on how things impact prices um, over the long term and then try to identify opportunities on the regulatory side that you can implement to make sure that prices are stable especially around the key input costs of production like electricity for example a really important um, component in there so i think from that side it helps but if you're looking for speedier policy tools on the fiscal side, tax reductions and and reductions in levy. So again, a good example was last year, um, I think it was in August when they implemented the, the reduction in the fuel levy by one rand fifty. So it doesn't sound like a material change, but obviously that can be altered to be for a longer period or a, a larger um, a discount on the levy, for example, which can temporarily relieve the energy cost to the consumer without directly um, penalizing them with higher funding costs. Now, finally, why should investors care about this, this distinction between supply and demand side inflation? And I guess, crucially, what impact are, is that likely to have on investments? Yeah, I think that that's exactly it for, for investor in particular. Um, interest rates um, are quite important because ultimately a low interest rate environment ensures that you've got um, better earnings coming through. Higher interest rates typically um, put some dampening on the top line of, of corporates, so volumes tend to, to tend to decline in that environment. But there's also a lower margins because the input cost in itself is increasing. So um, what's left over in terms of profitability is less. So if you can find an alternative mechanism that doesn't impact the, the top line in terms of volumes or increase the input cost, um, then obviously that's great for earnings and great for investors. Um, so, so that's the I- ideal type of uh, situation that you would want. But also, more importantly, it's not just on the immediate earnings. We're also talking more practically about what's happening in the economy and making sure that we build an economy that's stable and growing and isn't uh, overexposed to the volatilities on, on the supply side. We're going to leave it there. That was Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth.